decides to get a chair like this is WWE heavyweight and is trying and my problem with him was that his intent was to hit somebody. What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy Friday everybody. My name is Tyler Walters. I'm your host alongside Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing? Doing excellent. Alright, we're starting off right here in Columbia with possibly I don't like the biggest name recruit that South Carolina's ever gotten as far as like lineage. Deion Sanders kid. Shiloh Sanders. Before you keep going there, I knew something was going to happen whenever we started getting high-profile player parents. I didn't know what was going oh, yeah. to happen with it, but I knew, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because now they make news. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, so, uh, wait, I was reading this about Shiloh earlier. He went to school with Emmett Smith's kid. Did he? Yeah, and Carson Wentz's brother or something. What the world? They were in, like, the same region in Texas when okay. they played high school. Uh, football. Yeah, they got a show on overtime that take you through this season. I think it's the school is called Trinity or something. Yeah, like Trinity that. Christian or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I saw I see this tweet last night from Dion. Um, I think Brendan sent it to me, but he he's he quote tweets a Go Gamecocks, which is Go Gamecocks is uh the state's Gamecock coverage. He quote tweets their tweet. Um, the Go Gamecocks tweet says Kingston said shot Mark Kingston, South Carolina's baseball coach said Shiloh Sanders won't take a shot at playing baseball this year, focused on football, but has some talent. And then Dion quote tweets that and says, below states that my son decided to focus on football. He's been working tirelessly to get ready for baseball tryout that only consisted of about 30 swings in the cage, which I have all the footage of. If you're going to kill this kid's dream, please don't say it was suicide. Okay, I got a couple questions here, first of all. How did they get the film of that? Most uh, I mean, like they just yeah they'll just film it like you can just stand out there and film like your tryouts like to watch swings because if you're taking BP most people now are like they are recording BP to go back and watch and see which how their swing patterns are different from day to day so when they start struggling they can go back and look at the footage of them doing good and adjust what needs to adjust to get back to the same swing but on a walk on tryout wouldn't it just kind of be the coach's eye and even and then if you're gonna go on here it's kind of up to the player. Like, if you just want to, like, if you want to film it, like, you're just, like, film it. Because if the coach is going to then go on and say he's going to focus on uh, football without, like, that being, like, what uh, Shiloh was saying, why would you give him the film? Because then he could send it to Dion. Dion could be, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but it could have just been Dion's film. He could have been, like, hey, to, like, toss it to an equipment manager. Hey, here's my phone. Like, record this. Oh, uh, okay. So, like, it wasn't, like, I mean, some big production. I can't imagine, like, I might DM Dion and ask him for the videos, like. I can't imagine it was some huge production where they had a giant news camera out there filming this entire trial. Like, it's probably just shot on his iPhone, you know, for future, like, practice or reference or whatever, like, him assuming he gets a tryout. But, like, the thing I got from Dion's tweet is him just talking about how he got, I think the biggest part of this is he only got 30 swings in a cage. To me, that is more than a fair tryout. Like, I don't, Dion played baseball. He should know that the that in baseball, like you only get. And I mean, in a lot of sports, like if you're a walk on athlete, which he Shiloh would be walking on to the baseball team. Yeah, he didn't sign a baseball scholarship. Um, he would be walking on as a walk on athlete. That's far more than I would expect for you to get thirty swings in a cage. Like that's pretty fair. Okay, I mean, if the coach didn't see what he wanted to see. Then you're out. 
See, I saw this thing differently. Okay, glad we talked about this. Because I thought what had happened was there was a baseball try. Obviously, Shiloh's been working probably over the Christmas, not Christmas. Yeah, probably over fall break. He was at home because oh, I'm sure he didn't play since since football season ended. Yeah, so he's over there, uh, probably back in Texas, working in the batting cage and this, that, and the third. So he came back here to South Carolina for a tryout. Somehow he had somebody film the tryout. Like, film his portion, like you were saying, for the hit to yeah. whatnot. And the coach was like, okay, we see it. And then the coach didn't really want to, like, cut him necessarily. So he just went out and said, uh, Shiloh's decided he just wants to Well, no, I'm sure he told Shiloh first. I mean, I can't imagine him saying, like, going to the media. And then I, I, I can't, like, he for sure sat Shiloh down and said, or maybe not sat him down and said, all right, like, he didn't make it, whatever. Like, he didn't get his offer. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see when this tryout was. Like, this I knew that. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So who knows? And it's pretty early. It's probably like a fall tryout. So who who knows? Um, so it sounds like Dion's kind of upset that because he says if you're going to kill the kid's dream, please don't say it was suicide. He's like for me, he he seemed to be pissed about two things: a the thirty swings, uh, which I think is more than fair, and then b maybe at Coach Kingston, Mark Kingston who said that Shiloh won't take a shot at playing baseball this year because he's focusing on, on football. I thought that was fair. Like, do you not think that's a fair comment? He, for him, what should he say? Come out and say Mark Kingston, because here would be the other headline. Kingston says Shiloh Sanders sucks at baseball. You'll never play for the <laughs> University of South Carolina. Oh, dear God. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the alternative. What do you want from him? I think Dion is saying by saying that, uh, hold on. I think Dion is saying that it kind of appears if they decided both both parties have decided he just wants to go play football. But it's like Shiloh wants to play baseball. I don't know. It's interesting, but I think Dion would rather him be like he didn't make the team or something like versus him saying uh, that Shiloh decided to just go play baseball. I don't Cause, know. I mean, to go play football because in that case, it's like, no, I was pursuing baseball. I mean, I was pursuing – yeah, I was pursuing baseball, and it just didn't work out like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little semantics, but I think if you ask Dion Sanders two weeks from now, what he feels about it, he's just going to be like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, he just didn't make the team. Like, he probably was probably just, like, emotional. He wanted his kid to get on the team. He didn't, like, sees a headline about it. He's still kind of upset about his kid not making the team. Like, things are coming out about it. Now people are probably, like, laughing at his kid or whatever. And he just kind of takes it the wrong way or, like, it rubs him the wrong way. And he tweets something about it. But the thing that was interesting to me, so you go on from the back to the 30 swings, you get quite a few, quite a few people, like, or one really big South Carolina baseball player uh, weighing his opinion on it, and yep. Michael Roth. I mean, Michael Roth is probably one of the most storied college baseball players ever at the University of South Carolina, and for a large part in college baseball. I mean, here's a kid who came in as a first baseman. Um, pitcher, pitching coach saw his arm slot, says, hey, why don't, you throw, why don't you throw a few bullpens? They switch him over to pitcher. He's a relief pitcher, comes in in the 2010 College World Series, is lights out, basically wins South Carolina, you know, multiple games. The one against Clemson was phenomenal. Um, and he is one of the biggest legends and biggest reasons of why South Carolina has the the standing it does today in the college baseball world. And he weighs in on this. So Roth, Roth tweets, quote tweets Dion's tweet or something, uh, and says 30 swings sounds like a solid amount to me based on some of the walkout try-ons I saw while I was at South Carolina. I think it's pretty, like, more than a fair shot to give a guy 30 swings. So you only have, now, like, you got 30 swings from this kid. Or Michael Ross says it's pretty fair. Then you get another guy I thought was pretty funny. Just some random dude. Uh, he's talking about, like, he tried out for 
the he had a fall tryout in 2003, like a walk-on tryout. Just probably just a random student. He says, I figured worst case I'd play on Sarge Fried Field for a day. Sarge Fry is Old Carolina Baseball Stadium. He said, I ran two 60s, got maybe 15 swings, and had three throws from the outfield. And then Ray Tanner brought out some D1 baseball players to show us what batting practice was actually supposed to be. <laughs> like, that's what I think about Dion, like, or, or Shiloh, excuse me, is I couldn't find any, and I scoured the internet today, I cannot find anywhere where Shiloh was drafted out of high school. And if this is one of the premier baseball programs in the country, even though it's probably, it's been the biggest downswing since, I don't know, the 90s. But you, like, there's still, Kingston has brought in two top six classes in the two years he's been here to recruit. You aren't, you're going to have to do something astounding as a walk-on to even have a shot at a next tryout, at yeah. a second tryout. So it wasn't that surprising to me that, that Shiloh didn't get on the team. And then for Dion, or for Dion, if he really feels that he got, a, he didn't get his fair shot, like it just seems like he's just whining about it. Okay, yeah, okay. My, I always thought, like I said, looking at it before, that he was just upset with how the coach phrased it. But I can see what you're saying because, like you said, other coaches have probably – I mean, other guys who try to walk on team have probably had less of opportunity. Oh, much less. It's just the thing of, like, he's one of these prominent figure parents. So it's like if, an, if another parent says it, it might get, like, a retweet, maybe a like. But it's because it's Deion Sanders that brings kind of attention to the program. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, like, I also think that a lot. Like, we credit – we hold athletes' opinions so high. But if this is just – if it's not Deion Sanders, do we even care about – we're going to call him a whining parent. But when it's Deion, like – if you look in the comment sections on this tweet, like it's it's a little bit of a different tune from fans. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing, before we move on, I do want to say Shiloh didn't seem to care that much about it or like quite as – he wasn't quite as emotional about it. I think he kind of realized what was going on. Because he said – he was talking about Dion. He's like, yeah, he tells me I'm going there on a football scholarship, so I'm going to make sure I'm supposed to do – I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on the football field first in order to play baseball. Like, that was just kind of his thing. Like, I, I haven't seen many comments from Shiloh about, like, the tryout or anything since then. But from him, it seemed like, yeah, like, I, I know I'm here on a football scholarship, and that obviously comes first. But I'm, I am going to try out. I thought it was interesting that when Shiloh's getting recruited, maybe he didn't know that he may have missed baseball or something like that. Because he probably could could, could negotiate Oh, he that. said he loved baseball. And I read multiple articles that he said he, like, he wanted to. Well, part of the reason of him coming here, it seemed from what you can, his quotes were, was that they have a really good baseball program. So in the off chance, like, he thought he was going to walk in here and make the baseball team. There's a huge skill gap. And, like, you playing football, you are at a disadvantage because you can't put 365 days in baseball like the rest of these dudes do. But I would have thought, what's the guy that came from California that Brandon played McElwain. USC? I would have thought you would kind of negotiated that and chose your school that you could do both. McIlwain was also a lot more touted of a baseball recruit. Like yeah. He was recruited at plenty of colleges just to play baseball Yeah, outside of football. Shiloh Sanders, on the other hand, was not. Michael was drafted out of high school. Like He was a pretty big, decent baseball recruit. Now, he didn't play much here at the University of South Carolina when he got here. Granted, he was a freshman. There were a lot of really good players ahead of him. Um, but yeah, like, Shiloh didn't have even that amount of standing in the baseball world to walk in and feel like he was going to be on the team like it, you're just a walk up at yeah. this point. Yeah, that's a good I mean, point. I think it's fair. Um, so we'll move on to Javon Kinlaw. Other player news on the football team. Javon Kinlaw has been 
killing it this week at senior at the senior bowl. Six five, three hundred and fifteen pounds, huge hands, huge body. Of course, he's just a big, nasty defensive lineman. Has a lot of athleticism. He even shows on some of the drills I was seeing on Twitter. He's able to duck. And somebody even said, "It's like you should not be able to duck that big at three hundred fifteen pounds and yeah. get around pass." Protect. And I thought it's interesting. He's been going against John Simpson, who all went to the same school as to carry on Joiner. What is that called? Fort Dorchester? Uh, yeah, and he and uh, Ken Law has definitely been more Johnson than holding Sun. their own. Yeah. Notably, a Clemson uh, just finished his senior year at Clemson. Yeah, I think he's a tackle, right? Pretty yeah. tackle. So, I mean, Ken Law just, in the videos we saw, smoked him. Yeah. Like, every down. So, we there's a video going viral from the Senior Bowl uh, from Mike Gillespie, who works for ABC here in Columbia. I haven't seen that. It's him. It's Ken Law on Simpson. Just, I mean, it's crazy. But not only is that video, or that video is not from Gillespie. The video from Gillespie is of the press conference uh, that Javon Kimlo had at Senior Day where he was talking about growing up homeless in uh, Washington, D.C. And taking, like, the thing that stuck out most is they would go to his neighbor's yard, fill up buckets with their water hose or something, take it back down to their basement where they were staying, excuse me. And boil water so then they could take a shower. Like, that kind of, like, poor, like, dark times for Kenlaw. And go back, and I encourage you to go back and watch this video where he talks about it, if you haven't already. Because it's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's a different kind of hunger. And one thing that he said about it, he was like, he didn't really realize that that was... He he knew that everybody wasn't doing that, but as a kid, it's just you kind of do whatever your circumstances allow. He didn't actually realize it, but it's crazy some of the situations some of these college prospects come from. Yeah, also, I didn't know. Did you know this about him? I knew that they were homeless. I knew it was a rough situation. I just didn't know it was that bad. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Idea, like, I haven't heard this story at all before. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that it took me this long to hear it. You would think that it's interesting, but especially them being a South Carolina, playing for South Carolina, that would have been brought up before, but it definitely made a big splash at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, all right, so then the next thing, uh, like, oh, so Ken Law's rank, what, 15 on McShay's big board? Yeah, he's 15th overall uh, NFL draft prospect, and he's third on Todd McShay's board of defensive tackles. Yeah, so, like, are we going to – Ken Law's been probably the, the biggest name this week at the Senior Bowl. For, I would say so. I, I would say so. Uh, for then him to go on, Justin Herbert's probably the other. Yeah. Uh, Oregon quarterback who is supposed to, you know, supposed to go number one last year that people were saying before he started his junior year. Uh, that didn't quite pan out. He's still going to go pretty high. And Kenlaw's probably going to – this is going to sneak him back in. I mean, there were reports in the fall that it just kind of fell off. I mean, Kenlaw was projected to go number three. Yeah. So is he going to climb back up to that? I think right now he's the third best defensive tackle, so I think he'll probably stay around that. I don't know. It depends on what team, but I think he'll at least be the second defensive tackle taken off the board, if not third. Yeah, and then you've got, I mean, you've, you've got bigger guys up there, like you just said. They I mean, got from Chase, Auburn. Chase Young is going to outshine everyone Yeah, as far as defensive linemen go. Is he participating in the senior bowl? I haven't heard much uh, No, he's not a senior, right? He's a junior. Yeah, he's a junior. that is right. Um, So he left early. Kenlaw will not play in the Super Bowl or senior bowl. Uh, he won't play in the Super Bowl either this year. Um, he's got tendonitis in his knee, I think. Yeah, it's a smart move for a first-round talent. No also, point in him playing. 
contrary to popular belief, a lot of times people thought with Ty Gurley that it's like, oh, he has arthritis in his knee. Like, a lot of athletes have that at a very young age. You think about all the lifting and stuff you're doing. Mm-hmm. Your body's not really meant to hold that. So I keep hearing everybody say, oh, my gosh, he has arthritis in his knee. It's like that is more common than you think. As a matter of fact, most of you guys probably have arthritis in multiple places. It's just that it doesn't get out to the masses. Yeah, and then so, I mean, I think it's a smart move for him not to play at all. Uh, there wasn't if South Carolina had been in a bowl game, I wouldn't have really thought at, at six and six when they if they would have snuck in at six and six, I wouldn't have thought it would have been smart for him to play there. We saw Debo Samuel skip his bowl game here in South Carolina, We're seeing that all over the country. I don't think it's very smart to put yourself in these kind of games unless you just really want to play in it. Yeah. But if you don't really care either way, there's no point. Like go do the skills competition. Like, go do the one-on-ones, kind of do what Ken Law did, game the system, you know, do the things that make you shine best. Like, it's like a mini pro day, basically, for all yeah. the seniors down there. Show your skills. Scouts are going to be everywhere. Go back home for the weekend. You don't need to play in the game. Or stay, just enjoy the festivities or whatever. And then go get ready for, you know, your pro days, the combine, and the draft. Yeah, because when you're preparing for these pro days and these combines, you go to these different places somewhere in Texas – you had the ones in Arizona, all the different places, and they got all the massage therapy and the x-rays and just getting you completely prepared. Not for, like, you, when you do college lifting, it's more, like, for the system. Obviously, it's for your growth, but it's more personalized once you get to these combine situations. So you'll be doing all the yogas and stuff and breaking up whatever tissue that you need to in order so you can perform your best uh, moving forward. Yes, yeah, also something interesting I thought that was it was kind of funny that you pointed out to me is uh, the Sports Center Instagram post that had Javon Kenlaw's video and um like a picture of him a still picture of him yes not javon kinlaw on that second picture and to confirm it if you look at the dude's tattoos it says k and c because i saw it <laughs> and i was like that's casey Crosby. like i'm 99 sure but then i was like no i'm 100 right so i was sure to uh fact check espn so hopefully i'll be giving me a call so you're here shortly yeah i mean that's they should give you a job for that one yeah yes. no i get instagram message from matthew he looks kind of like casey crosby and i was like yeah he does matthew's like <laughs> That is Casey Crosby. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't just slap a number. That was clearly someone, some intern Googled number three South Carolina. Yeah. Throw, throws Casey Crosby up there. So, I'll, I mean, good for Casey Crosby. He got a little shine. Yeah. I was shocked that nobody else had caught it. I was like, I looked, went through the comments. There's too many of them. But I went through them like, to see if anybody else had caught it thus far. But I guess I was the first I'm one. Su- yeah, I'm surprised. Like, college football fans, that's number one. Is like, oh, you got this guy wrong. Like, that That surprised me. Another guy that's been killing it. Have you seen this video of Joseph Charlton's punt? Just no, I have not. All right, I mean he punted a he punted a football like a hundred yards. Sheesh. Yeah, he's absolutely. Bon- I mean the return guy backed up. It, the return guy is lined up. Uh, Charlton kicks the ball. The ball comes off the foot. The return guy turns around and starts and runs fifteen <laughs> yards back the uh, you know away from the away from the punt because he was so far away from it. Uh, yeah, Elliot. I saw Elliot Fry like quote tweeted or something talk about how he's just killing it. So Joseph Charlton's having a pretty good day too. Are pretty good week two at the Senior Bowl. Um, who else is down there? DJ Wanham. DJ Wanham. He's TJ. having a pretty big week. I know in the weight room he got a lot of scouts looking uh, at Wanham just because he's so long. Like his wingspan is is tremendous. Yeah, TJ Brunson's also down there. There's a guy. I haven't heard a lot out of TJ yet. I have not. TJ's a little bit of a smaller of a guy. He's uh, yeah. so we'll see what, how he competes out there. There's a guy out there. I can't think of his name right now. He is from. He's six foot nine. He's from South Carolina State, and he was actually going against uh, DJ Wanham. And he was Alex Taylor, and he was actually holding his own. Really? Yeah, he played basketball, but they say he has to six work nine, on getting a little massive. bit. I know, right? He has to work on getting a little bit of lower center of gravity, so therefore he can block the guys so they don't get under him. 
it was is it Trent Brown that's six nine in the NFL? You I know, think, talk about he used to play for the uh, for the Patriots. He plays for the Raiders now, I believe. The Raiders are the Redskins, right? Yeah, I I think he's six foot nine. Like he is. Yep, he's six eight, three fifty nine. Okay, yeah, to be six nine and play football, you are gonna be the tallest person you ever play. Yeah, I was looking at something on YouTube wherever uh, Urban Meyer was teaching on Fox Sports. He was teaching guys how to get under the pads of those really tall guys and just kind of drive them to the ground. Yeah, I mean, I like to be that big and move have to move like you do in football is pretty sounding. Um, we're going to move on. Kansas, Kansas State, Tuesday night. If you watch the game, which I did not watch Kansas, Kansas State Tuesday night, but I immediately see, like, oh, crap, Kansas, Kansas State ends in a brawl, like yeah. an all-out brawl. It was crazy. So, okay, here's the thing, because I kind of broke this thing down a little bit. So the so, Kansas State defender trying to steal the ball, it was it'd be one thing if the Kansas guy was trying to run the score up, but they're about to end the game. I think so it was like wait, 13 seconds left. A bit. So the Kansas guy is dribbling down the court. They're up by like 20 points at this time. He's just dribbling down the court, trying to burn out the clock. Well, then the Kansas State guy decides he wants to be Superman. And so he tries to steal the ball, which in fact he does. He therefore heads to the basket to shoot the layup. The Kansas defender blocks the shot, which is understandable because like we weren't trying to do this, but if you want to take this here, we'll go there. And he stands over the guy. Then the brawl begins. The problem was that the area that they end up brawling into is where some special needs students or fans were all okay. sitting in that area. So I didn't the, know it was that section. I knew it was like a student slash cheerleading section. Yeah, so that gets started. You got a Kansas State. I'm pretty sure he's a player comes off the bench and he's swinging. At one point, it's him and the, and the Kansas uh, player just duking it out. And then somewhere along the line, the Kansas Fords, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name, Hunter correct, Silvio DeSosa, decides to get a chair like this is WWE heavyweight and is trying. And my problem with him was that his intent was to hit somebody. It oh, just absolutely. happened that the assistant coach pulled that chair from him. And so when I saw it's that. Attempt, it's attempted murder. That's exactly murder, what yeah. it is. It's attempted murder. And so the fact that we're going to shout out ESPN and Max Kellerman. I hope to see you soon, buddy. But anyway, he sits there on ESPN the next day and defends the guy. I'm like, you cannot defend him what trying did he to get say a chair. To defend- I didn't see this. He was like, you have to understand, we've all had our moments. It's like, no, no, we have not had a moment. You don't pick up a chair. What did he say about Miles Garrett? Do you remember? I don't don't know. I'd like to go back and and look at uh, Max Kellerman's uh, beliefs on that, because I wonder if they align. They probably do. If if he was like, oh, well, you know, he just got heated and and took a, because I think, I, I could be completely wrong, but I think that he was saying, that he was trying to attempt to kill Mason Rudolph. Yeah. He took his helmet off and swung it at him and hit him. Yeah. If you pick up a weapon and swing it at someone, you're clearly your intentions are to hurt them. Max Kellerman is trying. The black people have this thing called the cookout. And it's oh, like Max yeah. Kellerman <laughs> is trying his hardest to get invited to the cookout. And so by any means, he's going to defend black people. But sometimes these folks are wrong. That is, I, that is one of the funniest bits they have going on first take. It, it's actually maybe the only thing that Max Kellerman's funny in. And it's not, he's not funny. He's just a part of it. Yeah. Stephen A making fun of him. Exactly. That's the funny part. And he's trying to get invited to the cookout. But no, uh, Silvio was dead wrong. He says, I, I don't, oh, go back to that. Because you mentioned that. Remember, someone said Stephen A wouldn't be invited to oh, the yeah, cookout. Oh, yeah, Stephen A. Stephen A goes on the Stephen A show <laughs> and said, I am the cookout. <laughs> like, I, he said, I don't have to speak for me. Like, I am I'm a, what did he say? I don't remember what all he said. He's like, I have done great for the African-American yeah, community. Yeah. 
And I think most people would agree with that. And he's like, I'm a self-built person. I am the cookout. I got my own damn cookout, (laughs) which was hilarious. I mean, there's clips of that on YouTube, I'm sure, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, Stephen A is hilarious because a lot of people are kind of trying to take his black card from him. Like whenever he, they feel like that he's not, he's like, no, y'all are not going to do this. But yeah, so Max is always saying, I get it, Max. And then Max also brought up a good point. He's like, so what am I supposed to do? I think it was the Miles Garrison when he's like, so I'm, so am I supposed to sit here and dog Miles? And it's like, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> when he's wrong, you do. And we just kind of keep moving from there. But yeah, so Silvio's been suspended for 12 games. He threw a punch, obviously, and picked up a stool during the chaos. Oh, it's important to mention, he didn't miss with the stool. Yeah. Someone grabbed it in his backswing as he was coming forward and took it from him. It was like a photographer's stool, one of the sideline photographers, and he snatched a stool and goes to swing it at someone, and he gets the stool stolen from him in his backswing. This video is all over Twitter, and there's what, this is maybe the best brawl footage we've ever had, Yeah, because it happened in this, like, near the student section, so every kid's got their phone out. There's almost every single angle of this, you got the ESPN wide camera angle view of the brawl. You've got someone sitting, like, right behind the bench. You've got kids in the student section. Uh, you've got people on the other side of the, the arena. Probably the best, most well-documented brawl we've ever seen in sports. So I'm hoping in the future when we have more brawls in sports, because they're fun, we get more camera angles. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was the best thing about this brawl was that you really got to see every – you basically got to see every part of it. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, obviously the fights are, we are not looking for this in sports, yeah, but well, if we're going to have them, let's make sure we get all the angles so therefore we can get the suspensions that are necessary and we can also uh, view them all on Twitter. So it's almost like you're there all the time. Yeah, so virtual what, reality. So Sosa got 12 games. A couple of Kansas State players got eight games. Another Kansas guy got two games. Uh, I mean, it's not like DeSosa was killing it for – it's not like it's really going to hurt him. So he's been averaging eight minutes and I think maybe two or three points a game this year. Um, and, and maybe about the same in rebounds, two or three this year. So he's not like a crucial part of their team. Yeah. Um, he got suspended 12. Kansas has 13 games remaining on their schedule. Their 11th game from now is a rematch with Kansas State. So I think the Big 12 handed down the suspension so that they can make sure DeSosa doesn't play again against Kansas State just to kind of eliminate that you know, anything from potentially furthering, which I think was smart. But I thought, I'm surprised we didn't see, like, a stronger implication from the school. I thought he was going to be kicked out of school. Yeah. Like, you pick up a stool. <laughs> Your intent is negative. Like, they, what, uh, they used to say a lot of times with defense ends, he comes around that quarter with bad intentions. Same situation here. He came with bad intentions. It just so happened that his playing guy, and it was funny because when the guy kind of knocked the stool or took the stool from him, he kind of looked back and like, what are you doing? He's like, he just saved your life because uh, depending on the situation with the Miles Garrett, they were trying to charge him with whatever the case for they end up blowing that up. But they could have yeah. done the same thing if you were oh, connected absolutely. with somebody with a uh, chair or school Yeah, or it, well, and he, uh, not only that, like, we have schools, like, oh, schools across the country are, uh, like, looking through people's social media to see what they post. And if they post something negative, you're getting suspended or expelled or kicked out, whatever. Right. You're not getting kicked out of school because you swung a stool at someone or tried to. <laughs> like, even if you didn't, con- like, you only didn't connect because someone ripped it from your hands. Yeah. And now the only reason he's going to stay at Kansas is because he's an athlete. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't, a good bit of criticism or um, hypocrisy there 
all around this whole thing. Like I, I thought he should have been immediately suspended for no question. Next day, coach, coach self, <laughs> Bill Self should have walked up to the podium and said after the game and said he will never play another game for he will never play another minute for me or the University of Kansas. Yeah, I was expecting something swift like that, but they gave him twelve games, so I guess they'll he'll just... be back. Perfect time for him to play one warm up game before the Big Twelve tournament. That's what I was thinking, and then before the NCAA tournament. So he won't be suspended for anything. I mean, the Big 12 should have just, like, they should have had the balls to say, you know what, like, we're going to take this out of your hand. He, will, he won't play in a Big 12 game again. So whatever you want to do with him in non-conference play once you get to the tournament, whatever, but he won't play in, in Big 12, which is uh, probably all of the rest of their games are Big 12 games. Um, I, th- I think they're in an SEC Challenge game next week. But he's suspended for all the rest of the Big 12 games and the entire Big 12 tournament. I mean, I thought it was kind of kind of weak. Yeah. We like a strict response. All right, so keeping with basketball, we're going to go. Zion Williamson made his debut two nights ago, as you're listening to this, Wednesday night. Uh, probably the most hyped-up sports. I was trying to think back. I think this is the most hyped-up sports debut, like, just in general in sports. Since Bryce Harper. Has there been anyone since Bryce Harper? LeBron. Well, I'm talking about, like, just in general sports. Like, in the what is the last one we've seen that this big? Like, in basketball, it's definitely LeBron. Yeah. But, like, in sports in yeah. general, like, Bryce Harper's probably the last one we've seen that's yeah. even come close. I think Zion was probably a little more. Yeah, because I... Probably... I, they might be on the same level. Bryce yeah, Harper was hyped community. up about three three years, and Zion's been hyped up for the last, I don't know, 16, 18 months bef- yeah. before he started at Duke. So, the last two years. Um, and Zion didn't... Doesn't do much for the first 75% of the game. Like, I mean, he's... He looked nervous. I mean, Brendan and I were watching it. Like, you can, you could just kind of tell, like, by the way he was kind of moving around. He just looked a little nervous. I, I can't imagine. I was, we were talking about Zion before the game, and I was like, you know, can you imagine, like, all the pressure that you have starting day one, right? Game one? Yep. That's enough pressure. And then you get an injury, and you can't play game one. So you move on, and now you're making your debut in the middle. Of, like, this is baseball S debut where all eyes are on you. Like, that's why I kind of related to Bryce Harper a little bit. Because in baseball, you come up in the middle of the season all the time. Yeah. In basketball, you, and in football, it's game one. Like, you just play game one. Like, uh, But for Zion to just have the whole spotlight on himself was strange for the community of basketball, for the NBA, and for him, I cannot imagine the amount of added pressure it was to play just by yourself basically last night. Yeah, and then Colin Cowherd said something interesting. It's like ESPN flexes in games yeah. for Zion. Like, so it's not like, okay, they happen to be on TV. No, we're going to make sure y'all on TV because they know it's great for their ratings. They say in the Absolutely. year of basketball, there's not too much drama, a lot of injuries and stuff like that. We're, they're looking for things Probably to help the least these ratings. amount of drama in the last five years. I don't Probably know. so. I'd have to imagine. Did, uh, did you guys see, too, like even pregame, the ESPN app, they had a Zion Williamson camp. That's crazy. Oh, no, I don't see Zion. Just on Zion. Like, Zion camp. Yeah, they had a Zion camp. And think about it. Like you said, okay, you prepared your whole entire life to get, get to the NBA, college basketball, whatever the case may be. So it's like I'm here, I'm nervous, you know, already. And then you add, like, to your own camera in your first game. And so I know you've been doing this your whole life, but still, that's that's a lot of pressure. So, like, to be able to score, obviously he's a high draft pick. He should score. But it's like to be able to, like, score more than probably 10 points is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I think a lot of the betting lines were at ten and a half, and then thirteen and a half um, for for Zion. I think I saw a ten and a half. That might have been a buy. Someone must have bought three points. I think it was around thirteen and a half. 
Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of first half tweets got Old Taste exposed pretty quickly. So Zion ended up with 22 points because he goes hits four threes, threes which he had not. He didn't shoot a three in um in the preseason. What all but one of his shots in preseason were inside the paint. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, and then he shoots four threes in three minutes. That's crazy. And it goes crazy, but I still had to look up who won this game. And the Pelicans did not win. No, the Pelicans lost this game with a final score. I just had one twenty one one seventeen. Yeah. So, I, like, I mean, it would have been better if he won. Yeah. But do you think like Zion definitely like had a pretty? Is that the way to do it? Is it to be terrible in the first half and then just go off? What did who said that? Uh, Vince Young said that in a part of my take interview. Yeah, it was just like you just kind of screw around in the first half and the second half go the f off like. <laughs> I mean, that was Zion's thing. That's the first three quarters, just kind of do whatever, and then last fourth quarter, just, just go off. I can imagine the quick trigger uh, generation where everybody's tweeting. Like, people probably starting to hate on you on Twitter and making oh, memes he, out oh, of yeah, you. Oh, yeah, you got quite a bit of hate. And then next thing you know, they're saying, oh, keep shooting Zion, like this, that, and the third. So I know he's like, obviously you want to get the win. He's a true competitor. But it's like, okay, I got this first one under my belt. So it's like, okay, now we can move forward from here. I, I know what it's like to come out here. I don't know. There will still be a lot of anticipation, but I probably none, at least for right now, none amounting to how much it was for this game, just because we want to see him out there. Yeah. All right. So other last basketball story for today. LeBron James is in Boston the other night with the Lakers taking on the Celtics. Yep. Uh, the Celtics won, and he before the game, what he goes, it was earlier that day or was it the day before? Whatever. His kid plays. Browning Jr. plays in Connecticut, right? Does he play in Connecticut, or they were just playing in Connecticut? No, it's California. Um, they were just playing. In- they were playing another yeah. like ranked school in yes. Connecticut. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So he goes to see his kid play. Uh, whatever. I mean, there were like comments about LeBron like struggling because he he went to watch his kid play, which was I don't really. I mean, if you want to watch a kid play, go watch a kid play. Yeah, they forget these. They forget these are parents. You know what I'm saying? The Lakers have been doing pretty good. I think they can afford one loss to the Celtics. Ask why. Um, but yeah, so he goes and sees Bronny Jr. play. But while like the biggest thing that happened in the game is some kid in the stand. I assume some kid, some some person in the stand, like throws a starburst at uh Bronny Jr. Yeah, that's. They're starting to hate at an early age. So imagine if it's like this for him in high school, what it's going to be like him as he uh, gets older and matures. And then yeah, I mean, that, that guy, that's got to suck for him. Like, I hate LeBron, but, like, you can't throw – like, why, you could you shouldn't throw anything at LeBron, like, much less his kid. Like, he's, the kid's 16. Like, let him – it's tough for him to kind of make a name for himself because he is named Bronny. Or, look, he's LeBron Jr. Like, that that makes it a little hard for you to – if you're a junior, it's, you gotta you got to set yourself apart. Um, versus him being named Matthew, you know, it'd be a little different, but like, we don't know who this kid is yet. Like he doesn't really, I mean, I get like, he's, he's talked to the media more than any other 16 year old, but he is still, there's so much to learn about him yet. Like to build up this amount of hate, to throw stuff at him already, already is pretty remarkable. But I saw today on first take or something, um, that he, that the, the guy who did it put up a YouTube video apologizing, saying that he was a fan and wanted to get his attention. 
which I call total. I couldn't call more BS on. I'm sick of hearing these fans say stuff like, "Did you hear a lot of this with other celebrities?" I just, I was just saying that gives attention. It's like, no, first of all, these are people, and this is exactly what Russell Westbrook. Those guys were talking about. I was like, just because y'all are near does not mean you get to treat me as if like I'm not a person on this court just because I'm an athlete. And so now we're just seeing it starting young. Like it's not just in the NBA. You can go to a high school game. I guess somebody Bronny statue. Say, Let me throw something at him. Like who thinks like that? Yeah, I mean that's I, like it's pretty messed up. Like. I don't care, like, how much you hate LeBron or LeBron. If you hate LeBron's kid, like, you shouldn't throw <laughs> something at him um, because you don't like him. And then, like, even if you do like him, why would you throw something at him? He's not going to look at you. Yeah. He's going to – if if he does happen to see you, it's going to be while you're getting escorted out of the arena. Yeah. So – and then I don't need to see your apology on you. We don't care about you. We don't like you. <laughs> like, I don't – and I also hate the narrative that media has nowadays where – just because something ends up on social media, you have to say it on, like, uh, on any platform. You have to discuss it because it's not like this guy isn't really news. The news is that LeBron James's kid got something tossed at, but now we're seeing on first take this guy become a he becomes the story. Yeah, we don't need to give him any credit <laughs> because he's a like clearly whatever you whatever he says his intentions were. Like he made the wrong decision and he should be punished for it. Like by <laughs> we shouldn't be celebrating him, <laughs> but he's gonna have millions of people online now know who he is because he put his face out there and love him because he threw something at LeBron's kid because they're all part of the same like oh we throw stuff at LeBron's kids crowd. It's it's like now yeah he's now he's posting that video everybody's going to his Instagram comments Facebook. In two weeks this it's, kid's gonna have a million followers like he's gonna have some sponsorship deals but yeah definitely Adidas maybe definitely runs Nike so like Adidas maybe Puma but yes we yeah. definitely not we're, we're definitely not endorsing this behavior we really wish that he would uh what four point uh, LeBron he has what four point one million yeah holy That's crap four point one million followers as a sixteen year old. That's dangerous in these days and times. Jesus. I also thought he was, I mean, he's about, to, he's only 6'2 right now. Yeah. He's probably about to grow five inches over the next two years. Because no, no, no how, how tall is LeBron? 6'8", right? 6'9"? Yeah. yeah. So it, he's he's got a lot of room to grow. Is his, is his, is LeBron's wife tall? I don't know. I'm not sure, is she? Uh, listen, we're checking that out for you. She can't be short mind. because you. at some point you would have seen it on the internet, like the two foot size gap. Yeah, and she's got to be at least six foot, which is uh, very tall for a female. Yeah, exactly. This, as little, uh, you do like Lavar do. You marry? She's five feet nine. Five foot nine. Okay, I mean that's tall for a female. It's not overly tall, but it's tall. So the boys will get up there. Yeah, I, he's got Homo only being six two to have. I mean, because he's gonna probably finish growing up by nineteen. Yeah. Like to know you're about to grow seven inches probably in the next two years, if not more, maybe an inch or two less. Like. That's a lot of growing a kid's got to do. That's Walker. that's tough staring down seven inches in the next two years. Walking around the hallways like, look at you peasants. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like an average, like, or well, he's an above average, like, male American right now. And he's, he's still got a good ways to go. All right, so, I mean, thoughts and prayers for Bronny Jr. Hope he, <laughs> hope he makes it out alive. Um, I like other, like, Starburst. Why would you throw a Starburst at him, too, of all the things? All right, we're going to, the, even... In the entire show, that guy's not even the craziest dude in this because we got we still got a story or a guy we've been talking about multiple stories about for months now. Um, and just when you think they can't get any stupider or crazier, 
he attacks a truck driver. Yep, throws something at him, right, then attacks him. Yeah, so Antonio Brown, an arrest warrant was issued for him by the uh, Hollywood Florida Police Wednesday? Yeah, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. Evening. Yeah. Wednesday night following allegation that he and his trainer attacked a moving company truck driver near Brown's Florida home. Yeah, so I see. All right, you got that. And then, oh, I got to get my notes together here because I, I clipped out some of this article. I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm going to read it. So police told ESPN earlier. This is clearly from ESPN. Police told ESPN earlier Wednesday that they had made several attempts to contact Brown to question him about the incident, but the free agent wide receiver retreated into his home and ignored their questions to speak with him, or request to speak with him. Brown's trainer, Glenn Holt, had been arrested on a felony burglary with battery charge on Tuesday. He posted a $20,000 bond on Wednesday and was released from Broward County Jail. Shout out Broward County. <laughs> Brown threw a rock. I don't think that's a shout out you want to give right now. The Brown County Jail. Brown threw a rock at the driver's moving truck. Uh, at the driver's moving truck before the alleged. Wait, so was this a moving truck or was the truck moving? No, no, it was a moving truck. This truck was no. Is the tr- a moving company's vehicle? Okay, so you got a moving moving truck here. Um, before the alleged battery outside of his home Tuesday. According to court documents obtained by TMZ. How's TMZ oh, always get this stuff? TMZ, here's what, like, people always hate on TMZ. Well, we're going to pause the story a little bit, just for a quick second. People always hate on TMZ. TMZ is some of the best journalists in the world because they do the things that other journalists think too high and mighty of themselves <laughs> to do. They will go find the scummiest of scummiest story. But guess what? Every time you see something like this just super interesting that we all want to know about, you know who breaks it? TMZ. Hey, so J-School, head to, head to TMC for employment. It's like, sweet. you get, I mean, it's it's tough job. Like, it's not for everyone. Like, do you want to be doing that kind of work? I don't know. That's up to you. Your for morals. me, probably not. Yeah. But I got a strong respect for TMZ <laughs> because they, they do the things that other people don't want to do, and they get stories like this. So we'll go back to the story. The documents allege that, the court documents that TMZ found, allege that Brown later focused or forced his way into the driver's side of the main cabin of the truck and began to take physical and began to physically strike the driver after a disagreement over payment escalated. Brown was then restrained by his associates. Documents obtained by TMZ state that the moving company was hired by Brown to deliver his belongings the receiver had stored in his California home to his home in Hollywood, Florida. So he hires a moving company <laughs> to move from California to Florida. First of all, I'm assuming if there's an argument over payment that this is a family moving business, why would you, if you're Antonio Brown, you don't care about money? Like, apparently he, he doesn't care about money. Um, I guess he does a little bit. Well, no, you know what? I would say that he doesn't because he left $60 million on the table by being an idiot this year. <laughs> um, so he doesn't care about his money. Why wouldn't you just hire, like, I don't know, U-Haul, well, I guess they don't come with drive, like Penske or whatever, that come with drive, why wouldn't you hire some big moving company? Because I think they, they would do all your payments just, as like you paying for, I don't know, a new a new chair. 
Yeah, and then but this is his second or third incident with paying people because he didn't want to pay the painter. Pretty sure he didn't want to pay. Uh, is he a nutrition or somebody one of his former gym partners or trainers or whatever? So this has been multiple incidents. Yeah, yeah, with him the train one of the trainers with yeah. not paying. I don't know what it, uh, Shannon said earlier on uh, Undisputed. He just thinks that your payment is working with Antonio Brown, and that's just simply here not the case. Yeah. Also, by the way, Antonio Brown's ex girlfriend has filed for sole custody of the three children, citing incapacity to. Make decisions, which is probably in their best interest. Yeah, I I would think uh, incapacity of their best interest is something. Yeah, like yeah, that's in that's got Antonio Brown written all over it. Yeah, like, I mean, we talked about this last time. Like, it's already we have passed. I think people ten years from now are going to look at Antonio Brown um, and say, "How did we ignore all of these things?" Like, kind of like we're looking at the Anto- uh, the Aaron Hernandez situation now. How did we ignore all of these signs? You know how are we letting him do these things to himself? Like we should be doing like now is the time to be, we've passed quite a bit of time for Antonio Brown. Like the time is now that you need to take action against Antonio Brown. So he doesn't hurt himself or anyone else because he's going down a road that you just can't like go back from. Right. He's, he's, I mean, there was what I'm, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that there was an alleged domestic violence, uh, incident oh, yeah, with Antonio cases, Brown. Um, in, well, in his home, like in the last couple of months. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, he has previous in his in his history, and then you have like everything that happened with the Raiders, and then God knows what happened with the Pats. Everything he tweets, like all of these things, and you've got to check him if you are close to him. You've got to check him into a mental institution at this point. Couple things here. One, I one could say what Mike Tomlin was doing for them with the Steelers kind of enabled him, which probably wasn't the bit like keeping it on the low. Like it, it could be considered a good thing, but at the same time, he kind of need to pay for some of that stuff then. And they kept it on the down. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Like that's my whole thing with doing that. And then also, now the problem becomes. Because of how he treated the police officer that came there before, they're going to go get him. Like, they had their arrest. I'm pretty sure that at some point they're going to go get him, man. Yeah, I, well, that's surprising to me, too. We'll stop right there for a second. Because you arrest issue an arrest warrant on Wednesday night for Antonio Brown. Like, people know who Antonio Brown This isn't – they aren't issuing it for Matthew Anderson where you can walk down the street and no one, you know, yeah. no one's going to say, oh, let's have him get him. Like, this is, in, this is one of the biggest – his face has been everywhere this season – Probably the biggest story in the NFL this season has been Antonio Brown. People know who he is. People who don't like football know who he is. How can you not just go get it? Does it take that long to drop the documents you need to go and walk into his house and arrest him? They said something on the report about that he's been known to carry a weapon and he has a... uh... He has a legal permit or something like that, and he's known to be kind of uh, I can't I forgot the word choice they used, but kind of like quick handed or something of that sort. And he keeps weapon on him. Okay. So and they said they also don't want to make it like a. They understand he's a public figure, so they're trying to make this not a big of scene because they said if they just storm into the house, like they probably could and maybe should, then it'd be a whole scene, it'd be all over the news channel. So that's why they wanted him to go ahead and just turn himself turn in. himself in. But with that being said, I don't think that's going to happen, especially since no. he's locked himself in the house. So in the next two to three days, we're going to figure out a lot. Unless yeah, I, there's a few things there. Like, I, first is I don't know all the the rules, regulation, laws. I don't know if they can just walk into his house. I don't know if they they can't get an actual warrant to do that. Um, I would assume they can. But then, like, you – like, this is so many problems against Antonio Brown now. Like, whatever comes out of this – like, if you can't stop him, like, it's going to be a lot worse than a night in jail and you have to pay a big fine. So, I mean, you're talking years in prison for something, like, 
the way he's, the path he's going down, he's going to find himself in a federal penitentiary for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. So it's, it's dangerous. But then for, if police were to come out and say, well, he's a public figure and we don't want to make a big scene. It's going to be a big scene. Yeah, you right. might as well just go ahead and blow it up and make sure all of you, like, I get not walking into his house if he has a gun. Like, you don't want to shoot him, and you certainly don't want to get shot yourself. Um, yeah, it's, that's just interesting. Maybe they just, I don't know, surround, like, keep him in his, let him live locked up in his house forever. He's going to have to come out and go get toothpaste at some point. You yeah, know? oh, yeah, they said, I was listening to, and the reason I'm quoting Shannon a lot on this, because he knows a little bit more about this. I think he has a degree in criminal justice anyway. He said, oh, he's going to spend a night at uh, that Brown County Jail. Like, that. that's happening. Like, yeah. At this point, because it's like, and then, <laughs> he actually said something that was pretty funny. Like, you might want to go ahead and turn yourself in now, because if you wait till Friday, you're going to be there all weekend. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they won't let you out. Like, if you, if you pay, uh, like if you get arrested on Friday night, you're not usually getting out until Monday morning. But if you go Monday night, you'll get out Tuesday morning. Yeah, so he might as well go ahead and turn himself in there. It's definitely a storyline to watch, and like I wonder how much longer he goes till he hits rock bottom. I don't. I think this is. I mean, it can definitely get worse. But like at this point, like you were in rock bottom, dude. Like he's. I know he's trying to get money, his money from the Patriots and the Raiders. This is never gonna happen. Yeah. Like Bob Kraft and um. Davis um, will pay everything they need to pay in legal fees to not pay you. Yeah. And rightfully so, right? If I was Bob Kraft, I would, or if I was the owner of the Raiders, I would make sure I never pay Antonio Brown a dime. I would spend $61 million in legal fees to avoid paying him <laughs> anything like, you know, his contract was worth 60 or whatever. I think yeah. it was two years, 60. Like, I, I would pay so much money to never have to pay him a dime. Yeah. Just because of the way he's acted and the, like, the, black mark you put on your franchise with him just like just i can't even say the words i want to say because we can't say those words like just being a, like a jerk because he didn't try he did not make an attempt to actually play yeah no i, I completely agree with you on that one and also whenever like it's not just when you leave it's how you leave too he's making comments about rob uh, rob craft yeah and guys like that it's like yeah so i'm not trying to do you know maybe before okay we'll just go ahead and do it part ways whatever but now the way you left is kind of a rough way of leaving so at this point it's like yeah i'm gonna pay whatever and costs. like the things that you hear about bob Kraft with the amount he's helped players through personal situations and stuff you would you would think like everything would believe me to believe that the patriots organization tried to get antonio brown as much help as it could and bob Kraft has at some point personally met with antonio brown and tried to figure him out i would assume now he hasn't spoken on it uh and not in depth and Antonio Brown, like, we don't, we don't know what, like, he's just spewing out letters on, uh, the internet every week. Yeah. It's easier to read Cam Newton's Instagram <laughs> captions than it is for, to read Which Antonio Brown's as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep watching that as, as we do. Uh, and I think that's all we got for today. Yeah, that's all we got for today. All right. So make sure you're following the show on Twitter and Instagram at lead underscore block. Make sure you follow Matthew at Matt the chosen one with the number one. And myself at Tyler Walter CNR. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars, leave a review, and go follow us on Spotify. Um, leave a comment or send a DM if you, there's any topics or anything you want to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to do so. Uh, thanks for Ben Sound for the recording or something like that. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's. Have you cut us off yet? Yeah, special thank you to Ben Sound for our music. Thanks, Matthew. Mm. Got me. One last thing before we go. So next. Next Monday, we won't see you next Monday. 
We will see you next Tuesday. And then the Super Bowl, I think we've said this before, Matthew. We're doing a Tuesday episode also for Super Bowl week. Uh, so next two shows are on Tuesday. And then after that, we should be back Monday, Friday. Sounds good. All right. So we'll see you Tuesday, actually. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.